Welcome to Big Girl Poker Chat, hosted by Donna Blevins, the big girl of poker at six feet five inches tall. This is not your average poker podcast. Donna and her guests talk about poker in a way you've never heard before. Listen in and learn about how to play the game and how to win at life. Find show notes for this show and more great content on the blog at biggirlpoker.com. And now, Donna Blevins. And I am here with Pamela Brunson, and she is Doyle Brunson's daughter. But I want to talk to Pamela about who Pamela is. Pamela, tell us about yourself. Hey, um, well, about myself. Yeah. Uh, That's a loaded question. (laughs) Well, I am the daughter of Doyle Brunson and um, sister of Todd Brunson. I'm also a poker player myself. I'm definitely not at their level. I'm really, I grew up playing, been playing about 20 years, and I was a limit player, and I stopped playing and had a career and um, in the retirement industry. I worked my way up in the retirement industry, and I quit about 10 years ago and got back into poker, moved back to Vegas, and just mainly because of my family, and I've been playing a little bit here and there, and investing in real estate, and um, just thankful that I don't have to do a normal nine to five. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm well, definitely not a pro, you know, like, well, like, I, I don't know. I've seen, I've seen some good, some good results you've had. Uh, the year that I was in the, the world series of poker main event championship was the year in 2007 uh-huh. was the year that you were in the Le- legends of poker, the WPT season six ladies. And you finished very well in that. Yeah. Like you won it. <laughs> yeah, I there was a couple of years I went back, I started playing um pretty consistently and that's when I did real well in the tournaments and um then I kinda got out of it again. Um and um I'm hoping to start playing again more this year. So we'll see what happens. I love What's tournaments. It? I just haven't been playing much. So I gotta I feel real rusty. I just gotta get back into it. But I, I haven't played much since then. I I played the main event, I think I missed one year, and I played the lady event every year, but I haven't really been playing like consistently, um, even cash or tournaments. Well, tell me what advantage to you is it of being Doyle Brunson's daughter? <laughs> well, I think um, people are intimidated off the bat, so I don't know if that's an advantage or not, because a lot of times they'll try to run you off the table and try to be overly aggressive on you just because they want to say they knocked you out, mm-hmm. which I think is typical of a lot of pros. I think, um, you know, I, I used to really love being a girl and people not know who I am because I felt that was a huge advantage. You know, you can just be nice to the guys and they'll even show you their cards and tell you not to call them and just crazy stuff. So I definitely think when they're intimidated by you it's not quite as good as when you can just be nice and smile and <laughs> mm-hmm. um you know as as most of the girls know you know you can really use it to your advantage and um and not even really using it just being like I'm just nice I talk a lot and I'm just friendly and um especially the older gentlemen don't like to take your money <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know I'm not going to tell them not to but um so, you know, it would be fun. I think um, when uh, the year that I um, I was on TV, and I guess that replayed over and over and over. So a lot of people know who I am now. 
Mm-hmm. In 2007. Right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. the last Brunson Standing thing. And I was also, um, I, what did I cash? Um, 346, I think, in the main event. And I was the last Brunson Standing, so they showed me teasing my brother and all of that. And then I went it to the end of day three, so that was exciting for me. Um, and then I went on and played in the Legends and won um, the Women's um, Legends um, Ladies Night Out, which got me into the Invitational of Five Pros and Me playing Women Pros and Me. I actually had to win my seat, um, and I was against some great, great women playing. That was so fun, yet so intimidating, yet really fun. So, mm-hmm. um and that replayed. I was on all three. Uh, it was on two hours, and I was on almost till the end. I came in third place, but um, the second and first didn't last very long playing. So right. I, I made a lot of TV time. So it, a lot of people know me from that. Well, what does what do you think that? How has poker changed over the years? Oh, it's changed so much. <laughs> um, when I first started playing, I started playing. With my brother, pretty much, and um, everyone knows Todd went on to be a great, great player. Um, We started playing down in um, Oceanside, California, is where I learned how to play. Um, My dad, Chip, and Lynn Miller had a card room down there, and we would go and just play. We started out at 3-6 and played 4-8, and um, 6-12 kill was my favorite game, Limit, Hold'em, and I'd play... Um, Omaha some and um, it would be the same people all the time hardly any women at all lots of cursing lots of um, getting mad at the dealer throwing cards that used to drive me crazy I would Uh just cringe because I you know I it was never appropriate to cast or to be rude to the dealer to this day I just cringe when that happens and I'm usually the one that speaks up and defends the dealer Uh Um, and I mean it was pretty rough back then and I remember times my little brother would go and almost get in fights with people if they were rude to me. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, something with my family. You could say, you know, anything you want about each other, but nobody better mess with us or I we have each other's back. We're Texans. So, um, you know, it, it, and it, it's changed a lot. I mean, first off, they don't ever hardly play limit anymore. Right. And um, back then, we didn't play no limit. And mm-hmm. I remember... My dad wrote this super system, and there's all this no limit. I'm like, well, what good is this doing? No one even plays no limit. You know, it's never going to even happen. So it's crazy all of a sudden that now, not all of a sudden, but now everybody plays no limit and no limit and not limit. So that's a huge thing. What do you believe that poker players have to do to keep up with the changes in the game? You have to be, well, first off, yeah, you got to study the game. You know, you got to grind. You got to put in your hours. I think it helps when you read some books and things. Um, but you got to consistently keep up and be changing. Your game's got to change. And you know, you, if you do the same old thing, then you're gonna get behind in the times, and everyone's gonna run over you. So you got to start changing when the game changes, and you got to, you know, mix your game up and you mix your plays up and learn what everybody else is doing, so you know what to do. And um, I think that's a huge thing. You know, I haven't been playing consistently for a while, and I know the game's changed a lot. So I just want to get in and start grinding again. I played a couple times. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I'm like, oh, I've only played a couple times, but, 
yeah, I sat down and cut when I was in California for two hours and one seven hundred at a small lim- a small no limit. So I'm like, okay, that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then I played a tournament, a charity tournament event, and came in. I chopped first place, mm-hmm. and then I did another charity event. I came in third. So I'm like, okay, I think I'm. I mean, at least I'm still, you know, winning and stuff. But I feel like I'm way behind the times. Well, you know, I spent I spent six years from 2000 to 2006 in and out of a wheelchair. I had six six surgeries. Uh, broke my leg and ankle. You know, I understood. You know, I've, I've understood that. Uh, watched Doyle over the years between his his crutch and and riding around. And I understood that that pain that he has with his oh, with his yeah. body as well, and I was didn't have as much table time as I wanted to have, mm-hmm. and I really I really felt you know I was going to have to put a tremendous amount of time into the table time. But what I found is very much what you're finding, is that when I got back into playing with or competing because that was the attitude, not just playing poker but competing. That's that's the way that I want to look at it. Mm-hmm. Is that the game came back? It was it was like riding a bicycle. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, you just gotta. You know, I think there's a lot. The the bet size got smaller. Everybody's just you know um, doing the two and a half bet uh, size, and then they're doing a lot of three four betting, which I used. I usually did the three bets all the time. Anyways, it's I, if I'm in, I'm pretty aggressive. You know, I'm I'm selective in my hands, but I'm pretty aggressive if I'm in a pot. So I, I was doing some of this stuff before most people were. And um, so it's really interesting to see everybody doing it and acting like it was new because, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's, it is, it, you just play, <laughs> you kind of play the, the players. And I, I used to get so annoyed at my dad because he would never teach us how to play. And oh. one, of, one of the things he said is, like, I can't really tell you because it's so situational. And it really is. You know, you can have the same hand, the same position, the same stack and everything else but you got to play the players and you got to you're going to do something different just depending on what type of player they are so it really is hard for him to tell you what to do and a lot of times people can give me all of these details and they first off you know how they'll sit there and just give you a little details and tell you you're supposed to tell them how to play the hand mm-hmm. you got to have a lot of details and it's so situational <laughs> there's not just one way to play it and it just so depends on what's going on so i think psychology is a huge huge part of the game and i'm innately um i feel like i i'm pretty good innately at um reading people mm-hmm. and um I think I would have been really good, more like a Daniel at talking to people, if I would have um, kept kept it up, you know. But I think because I'm an amateur, that now it could get me in trouble against the pros. You know, I'm a good talker, um, but now I think I better keep my mouth shut. Dad used to tell me, now if you play, it's okay to talk, but when you're in a hand, keep your mouth shut. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's what I do. Although I wish, you know, I had kept it up because I think I could have used that to my advantage. Um, well, I've always said with my coaching clients, Pamela, that that you have two ears, two eyes, and one mouth, and mm-hmm. you should use them in proportion. And ah, you know, that's you good. Like that? Yeah. <laughs> you like that? You know, yeah. talk talk one fifth the time and, and listen and watch the other. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah, I don't think um, I don't think. 
enough it's really important to watch and and not just when you're playing a hand but when you're not in a hand don't sit there and daydream i don't even play i mean of course i don't do the sunglasses i don't do the i don't even listen to music although i don't really think there's anything wrong with that as long as you can concentrate um but you do lose a little bit of the table talk and things when you have earphones on however i some some people can concentrate better too just watching that you watch. When you're not in a hand, you got to watch and see what everyone else is doing and pay attention all the time. I, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and, and the thing about the earphones is that we pick up a tremendous amount of information from sound, from mm-hmm. the way people move, from, from they might make a click or they might make a breath or they might make a, a sigh, something that you wouldn't really see or some, some mm-hmm. sound. And I've picked up a tremendous number of tells, and that's one of the reasons why I think we should leave our earphones off. And if yeah. we have them on, put them on, but turn off the music. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. I did back when I used to play twenty years ago. I listened, but I haven't um, in the last ten years. I haven't even. Um, not that I wouldn't. Sometimes I think I need to, you know, especially cash cash sessions. Um, and I used to really put in the hours. Um, I don't think I. Could now I used to I think my record was sixty eight hours. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, sixty eight hours. <laughs> that was my record. That's six eight, sixty. That's two out two hours less than seventy hours running of yep. playing poker. Yep. You are crazy. I know. I know. <laughs> you are crazy. That was when I was younger, and I used to pride myself, and that's what my dad used to be known for, and Todd. We all had such stamina. It was crazy, mm-hmm. and um, I, I just can't do it anymore. I start getting leg cramps. It's like I can't do it when I get sleepy. Even I'm driving. My my record driving cross-country by myself was 32 hours without stopping except for gas, and um, now there's no way. So. Well, I, you know, I used to do that, too. I could I could pretty much go across the country almost from east coast to west coast without without stopping other than yeah. for gas and peeing and, and <laughs> you know i have to say it it wasn't really to show off or anything it was because i had my cat with me and um to get her in a hotel and and everything was just too traumatic for her so i drove for her <laughs> i drove so we didn't have to stop and put well, her through that hey well listen we my husband and i bought a motorhome in the latter part of the 90s for one particular reason is that when I started with Poker Digest in 1998 they wanted me to cover tournaments mm-hmm. and we were traveling to cover tournaments we would put our dogs in to the vet when we get back you know, we had to, we had to pay to have them tested to see if they they had worms or anything we put them in then we'd 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 board them we'd pick them up and they would be sick and then we <laughs> you know they'd have something they'd have a cold yeah. or something and then we'd pay the vet that to, to get the dogs well. And I said, you know, this is this doesn't make any sense. And they're miserable while we're gone. Yeah. So we actually bought a motorhome specifically. We call it the rolling kennel. Hell, it wasn't for us. It was for the animals. That's great. That's great. <laughs> you just take them with you. Yeah, and we we actually took out all the carpet in the in the motorhome and put in vinyl vinyl linoleum. And they said, people said, you don't put vinyl in a motorhome. I said, yes, you do if you have dogs. Yep, that's great. <laughs> My brother bought a. Um, a <laughs> He bought a, a bus, and it's kind of the kind that retirement communities use. And um, he'd load up all of his animals and drive to Montana. And last year, Dad um, went with them just so he could go with Casper and Cutie and rode in the bus the whole time <laughs> all the mm-hmm. way to Montana with the dogs. Mm-hmm. And the birds. It. My brother has birds. So three birds 
and uh and the dogs what how many five dogs went well, well, t- tell me, since, first of all, we'd like to say, I want to say here, that we're making an announcement today that it is Pamela Brunson, not Pam Brunson. It's <laughs> Pamela. She prefers Pamela, so I want everyone to start calling her Pamela. Well, I, I, what I really said is, I, yeah, I do prefer it, but I'm so used to Pam. <laughs> if I could go back and start over, Pamela is so much prettier, isn't it? Pamela, such well, a pretty name. Pam's just kind of, uh, Pam. <laughs> well, here we'll do it. We'll do it. What, what kind of? What can you tell us? Can you tell us any secrets about Doyle? Oh, I could tell you tons, but. <laughs> but I'm living under the roof right now while I renovate my house, which has taken forever. I haven't even been working on it. Um, well, what and, can you tell us that you don't? Think I'm having so much fun actually yeah? staying with them. Oh. So. I, I love it. We have my mother came and shared our home with us ten years ago, and she is just spit in vinegar. and And I have wanted my mother to meet your your family, your folks, for many years, because uh, she's she's eighty six now, and she looks like she's sixty. And the first time she ever played Texas Hold'em, my husband was teaching her how to play. She had never picked up cards before. I promise you. And she got him to lay down a set of kings. Wow. <laughs> I said, and you know, I said, Mom, what do you have? Show me. She had dick. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and she had nothing. And, you know, but she was betting like she did. Oh. I wish you could tell us something about Duel. Well, he's, he's, um, I know my mom says if you wait 50 years, you'll have the perfect husband. So um, he and my mom are so cute together. My mom's this little, short, little southern belle, and you can't even cuss in front of my mom. Here's one. We went to see the movie Nuts um, with Barbara Streisand um, and Richard Dreyfuss years and years ago, um, and there was a scene where Barbara Streisand's on this, uh, she was a prostitute, dude, and she had to describe giving a blowjob. On the stand, and uh, she started describing it. My mother made us all get up and leave, including my dad. All of us had to leave the movie. (laughs) And we went. (laughs) No arguments. We knew better. (laughs) Well, my mother mother would, would not let cards in our home. Mm-hmm. You know, we were. I was raised strict Southern Baptist in the mountains of Virginia, and we had we had Rook and Old Maid. If you know what those two, oh, you know, sure. And we had Rook or Old Maid, and we played with those. But it wasn't, you know, I don't know why that I, I don't know why she didn't allow cards. And now I do too because her daddy, her daddy was a big poker player during the Depression, and he would, mm-hmm. and and he would. Uh, mother said she would. Mother and her her sisters would get up and go milk the cows in the morning. Mother was one of ten. She had two other sisters and wow. the rest were boys. And they would milk the cows and, and they'd come down and m- grandmother and they would would bottle the milk and then grandpa would take it to to town and he would he would they said trade because it wasn't people didn't have money in those days. Mm-hmm. So he would trade and sometimes he'd come back with people to work the farms. You know, mm. to work, and you know mm-hmm. they'd take food, and he'd come in and work it off. But mother said more than likely in the evening he was down there by the, with the hands, and they were playing poker. So I don't know; <laughs> they were sitting on bales of hay playing poker. 
Yeah. Hey, dad found out after his dad died, I don't think he ever knew while he was alive that um that he was a poker player also. His mm-hmm. dad. So, um and we all watch stuff every night. We watch The Lawman. I don't know if anyone knows what that is. It's an oh, old western. Oh my goodness, I sure do. So we watch it and we all sing the song. Like <laughs> we know it by heart. We sing it and at the end we say whoop whoop yay and we clap every night. That's that's the last thing we watch before we go to bed. I go in there and watch stuff with them. And right now we're watching, it's called McLeod's Daughters. It's an Australian um, series that went on for eight years. It is so good. And we're we're starting season five tonight. So we do that every night. It's like our, he's a, he's big into family. We're big family people. And I'm um, really he, glad he wasn't always, you know. I'm, I'm really glad you're able to spend time with them. Oh yeah, I feel like I'm just treasuring um, the time, and and I I can just tell it's a precious time right now, and um, I'm enjoying it. Players have gotten so much more aggressive over the years, and you say you're getting back. You decide that you want to go back into training. Let's say training. How, yeah, how I'm are you training. Gonna... I'm not going to go back hardcore, hardcore, but yeah, I'm going to start playing more this year. This year, I'm rededicating. Um, well, my family first. Um, well, God first. Um, want to start trying to get back into church and and spend time with my family, which has been a constant for me because my parents are getting older, and I feel like it's a real um, special time right now. And you know, my mom's kind of frail, and uh, so trying to spend a lot of time with them and um, and spend a lot of um, time getting back with my friends and socializing some and just having a good time with friends, you know, cherishing the people that are in my life. And I have some really special, wonderful people and I just want to reconnect with some and treasure them and enjoy my animals too. I got my kitties laying on me right now as I talk to you and Gidget, my dog's right on my side. (laughs) Well, tell me, how do you, what do you believe that you will do in relationship to your game? If you, if you could outline your perfect plan for preparation for for let's call it training because I believe that people should start six months before a main event of the World Series of Poker to actually prepare for it because I think there's a lot of preparation for it. If you could outline what you would think that you would like to do to prepare for some major events, what would you do? Well, here's the thing with that. I I, I love tournaments. I love them. They're, I actually enjoy tournaments more than cash games. I don't feel that it's as profitable to play tournaments as it is cash. Mm-hmm. So um, my gut is I want to start playing more tournaments, but what I think is more realistic is I need to get back into cash. So I would prepare different ways, you know. Um, I'll probably kind of be doing some of both. I just love tournaments, but mm-hmm. and I will I will play some at the World Series. I'm going to try maybe to do some megas and try to just win my way into things or else – Make enough cash in the cash games to play, and I'm really just um, I'm really playing it by ear because it's not going to be my main focus. My main focus is still going to be on people this mm-hmm. year. But mm-hmm. what I'm planning on is um, just grinding, just putting in some more hours, and I might pick up a couple new books. I don't even really know what's out there right now, but um, I do believe it's great to do some reading. Um, um, but you just got to grind. You got to get out and play. And I was thinking maybe trying to do three days a week um, and just put in the hours um, uh-huh. around town and some some cash games. 
Um, and I think for for like the main event, it's good to go in. You know, we have some great tournaments now nowadays in Vegas. First off, we have tons of nightly, you know, tournaments to play, but then there's some good ones that Venetian has a deep stacks. I think those are really great to prepare um, for for like something like the main event. But if you want to play some of the thousand, three, two thousand, you know, dollar events, they're much they're um, you're going to prepare differently because those are a lot less chips, a lot faster. You got to be a lot more aggressive in them. So those are kind of two different plays. I'm much better at those tournaments than I am deep stack. So for me, I'd probably practice more deep stack. So you're better. I, you're better at a faster tournament. Yeah. Because yeah. well, I used to play constantly online. Okay. So. Okay. I'm glad you mentioned that. How do you? Since p- players are oftentimes very accustomed to playing online, mm-hmm. how do they take? And and many of them have stopped. I mean, I have. I basically am not playing online at all right now. Yeah, me neither. I used how, to play all the time. How do people take that experience from online play and take it into live play? What can they do to to really benefit benefit themselves? How do they prepare for the live games when they're so accustomed to playing online? Maybe that's a question I want to yeah. ask. Yeah, well, for me, it's hard because I've always done both, so I've never been one or the other. You know, mm-hmm. I grew, I well, I first was was live and then got into online. But online, I think it's hard because you don't know what it's like to play with people. You don't have the psychology down as much. You don't have the tells down and watching. There, you can pick up on some tells even online. But you, you really got to sit down and really be observant of the people. When you're used to playing online and you go live, it's a lot slower. You got to pay attention, and especially in between hands, and you really got to focus. I think just playing real tight up first and really watching people. Um, is the main thing you got to get used to doing. You got to really sit down and watch, observe. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not used to to that. I think, um, and it does move. Even the fast games move a lot slower. You know, online you're going. It's just it's just fast. Well, fast both pace. you you and I are are both very intuitive players. We had talked about this before, mm-hmm. and the fact that you you really played a lot from your gut, mm-hmm. and it. For many years, I, I refused to learn about the numbers. I refused to learn about pot odds because, frankly, every time I started to study them, somebody who written about pot odds, it was just – and I, I consider myself a s- smart person, and and it was tough because I would glaze over. And finally, I said, I've got to learn how to do these pot odds so that they make sense. And my husband sat down with me, and we started working them out, and I said, this is really simple. Why do people make it so difficult? And it it's a it's a major part of my game, and it's so easy in online because they tell you what's in the pot. And but live play, I think that people are ignoring this. How important do you think pot odds, learning pot odds, is for today's poker player? Well, I mean, you have to you have to know, and you gotta you gotta be able to calculate what's in the pot and. Um, kind of have an outline, outline and kind of what you're going to bet, you know. That was that was what was hard for me getting going from limit to no limit, you know, trying to figure all of that out. And I think um, 
I think also you just got to kind of watch and see what other people are doing and how much they're betting and kind of adjust accordingly um, because you might have a certain amount you're thinking, but then if you if you get into a game that everyone else is going a little smaller, you need to adjust and um, kind of do what the game's doing, not just what you have in your head you want to do. I used to do that when I first started, and it didn't work out well, and my brother pulled me aside and said, you're just betting too much. I said, but I'm not. You know, I'm only betting. And he says, well, look what everybody else is doing and pay attention. And so then I realized, yeah, just because, you know, you got to watch, watch your particular game and, and adjust to your game. And uh, um, so it's really important that you sit and look because, yeah, online you, you automatically can do quick those little things that, you know, half a pot, three-fourths a pot, full pot or whatever. So you gotta you got to really start paying attention to the chip. Uh, let's talk about game selection because you have a good idea of what type of game that you want to play. How do you ex- suggest that the average player, when they go into a poker room, if they're looking for cash games, what do they look at? How do they walk around the room? What are they looking for to decide where they fit? <laughs> I have a whole strategy <laughs> picked out okay. that I'm planning on doing that I don't really want to share with everybody else. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, come on. Share it with us. Getting getting back into the games and everything. I've been trying to think of that and to do, you know, I definitely don't think you want to go play with all the other pros. You know, oh, you, you want to mm-hmm. go maybe try to find some games that, that um, maybe there's some, you know, people who don't know what they're doing and know how to play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I don't... <laughs> Come on, what else? What else? Come on, tell me. Come on. No, I mean, I have a, a lot of things I've been thinking about, and usually I like to share, but, you know, you just got to have some common sense. Use some common sense and trying to select. You don't want to go where everybody else knows what they're doing, where you guys are just fighting. I mean, I actually do think if you're trying to learn how to play, it's good to play with better players. You know, because you'll you can watch and observe and learn. So sometimes, if you want to learn, try to get in some good games. That's not going to cost you too much. Maybe a good tournament. That's not maybe some good people are playing in that you know you can get in cheaply um, to really watch and learn from some good people. But um, but you don't want to be doing that on a daily basis when you're trying to make money because you're you know you're going to be cutting it up with all the other good players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had so. one, one uh, I got an application in from a coaching client because I, I always ask, have them fill out an application because I, I won't just have somebody come into my coaching program who, who hasn't filled out an application because I don't know what their expectations are. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta, you got to know what they expect and you got to know what they're looking for because if they're sure. so, expecting something unrealistic, I, I can't help them. Then they've got to be able to put in the time. And one of the things that one of this one, one said was that he wanted to be able to sit down with anybody and be able, you know, I said, in a year, what would you like? And, and hold his own. And I said, you know, I, I, I thought I thought that that's what I wanted to do when I first started playing poker. But I realized that I, it's better to play smart poker mm-hmm. and to put yourself where, you know, you you are, you know, maybe the one or two or three good players at the table so that you can have the opportunity for people to throw their money at you. <laughs> yes, yes. And um, and but like I said, sometimes it, it's good if you if you can like if well I don't know charity events are really people just throwing their money around too. But 
you know, I've, I've played sometimes where I've been like, wow, this is really cool. I'm with all these pros and I just need to really watch them and see kind of what's going on and have this opportunity to, to learn and look at this as a great opportunity for me instead of being t- intimidated. And, you know, once I, I'll never forget, I played um, World Series of Poker Europe second day and I was at the featured table with Jennifer Harmon, Durr, which I didn't know who Durr was, and Gus Hansen and a guy named Ram. He was he's a um, player over in Europe. I had played day one with, so all of these pros and me, and um, I'm like, this is crazy. But I just decided to have fun with it, and I really had a lot of fun. I never did watch that. I think it, they filmed it and everything. I don't never I never did see it. But um, I was pretty proud of myself and my play, and I was just having fun. At one point, Gus Hansen said, I'll have what she's having. Because <laughs> I was talking a lot and just going with it and having fun. And um, I doubled up a couple times, and I was pushing. And, yeah, I, I cracked in Harmon's aces with four or five of spades. And, uh, yeah, and just, um, you know, but it was a really fun experience because I was with all these top players and, um, and just decided to have fun with it and not not be intimidated. Well, the first time that I ever sat down beside well, the first time not, I didn't sit down beside a Doyle, I was actually in the the World Poker Open in Tunica, Mississippi, mm-hmm. and there was this you know there was a stack of chips to my left, and there's no player there. And and after a while, uh, Doyle comes in and and uh, uh, and he comes and sits down, and I was just. I was such a fan, you know, I, I was so honored and, and he's such a gentleman, you know, and, <laughs> and I said, I said, you know, I don't want to sound like, you know, a, a, a dorky fan, but I am. And he said, well, thank you. And he, <laughs> but I was just, I, I watched everything he did, which was really exciting. Yeah. You, you know what I had thought of um, a good thing when you're asking what to do, when you're trying to, to learn um, how to play is, uh, I think it's really worthwhile to do a boot camp, like maybe um, the WPT has boot camps that you can go to either day-long or weekend-long, and I think for cash games or for tournaments, and I think something like that could be a real good benefit. Or sometimes you'll see that there's different lectures that pros do, Mm -hmm. um, and they're coming up with all kinds of training tools and training over even the Internet now, and I think those are really good tools to use. Todd always does. Uh, my brother has a tournament every year in Montana, and um, it's not a huge turnout, but it's so fun because um, some of the pros come down. Then we have the locals in Montana, and um, it's always all my family's always there. And then we have the WPT boot camp come, and they do a session. Um, it's usually a, a day or a weekend session, and then play the main event, um, and that's become an annual thing, and it's a lot of fun. Um, and so I always sent in, to, in on those, and um, you just you just really learn learn from from some good players and learn some good information. Yeah, I think studying is is absolutely critical. That's one of the reasons why I actually started doing um, doing my coaching virtually because I wanted to be able to reach out to a lot of people. You know, we're connecting right now through a conference line on the internet, mm-hmm. and um, I I I got. Became a, I studied to be able how to do webinars and be able to connect with coaching clients from all over the world, and it's been really fun. And I've spent the last two years putting together a coaching program that's that's very successful, and 
and we can reach a lot of people without having the expense of travel and and that's really fun. Oh yeah, that's great. That's, I don't know what the new Ivy's come up with something. I don't really know what that's about, but some of the pros are joining and I think um yeah, there's all kinds of different ways to go about learning, but I think it's really ignorant to think one person knows it all, you know, mm-hmm. or to think you're above learning something new or Absolutely. Um I think that there's so many different angles and ways to play and it's good even if you're not a certain type of player to get that kind of information because you got to know what your opponents are doing you know and and how your opponents are thinking you're Um, absolutely correct and i think reading everything that you can get your hands on whatever is out there mm -hmm. is important and i think getting as much training because years ago i learned that if you spend one hour a day studying a particular subject at the end of a year you're going to know more than 95% of the other people who are interested in that subject. Mm-hmm. And, that's good, yeah. Yep, and that's one of the things that, that I like to do. I mean, every every bookshelf in my house has something to do with either poker or, interestingly enough, metaphysics, if, that, if, oh. <laughs> if that's an, an odd combination. <laughs> I went back to, to get my master's and doctorate in metaphysics at the age of, of 58 because I said there's got to be something else about this energy thing. And what I found was that there was energy techniques that I could use at the poker table that would literally change how I was feeling. And you're talking about stamina, not being able to, mm-hmm. not being able to sit at the poker table for a long time. And I really learned a tremendous amount of how the body works and how our energy fields work. And, and it's been a perfect um, addition to my poker game and my poker coaching, although uh, I don't lead with that because it sounds too booga-booga. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want people to be burning a cross on my yard or something. Well, I, I think it's real important to, yeah, and to, I, I'm a big one on being positive and having positive energy and all that. And I'll never forget when I won the... Um, the ladies' night out, I had listened to the Oprah Oprah driving out from Vegas to California, and they were talking about the secret and the, and the laws of attraction, and that's mm-hmm. the first time I had heard about it. And so I just kept saying I was going to win the tournament, I was going to win the tournament, and telling people, kind of joking, but not really. And um, when we got down to three players, I was short-stacked, and the other two were, shot, were talking about chopping, and I'm like, what are you guys doing? Because you're leaving me out. And they said, and they said, well, you know, offense, Pam, but you know, you don't have any shifts. I said, you guys better be just talking second and third because I'm winning the tournament. And they just laughed at me, you know. And then um, I all of a sudden just switched my gears and kicked their butts. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> it was great, and I did no chopping. <laughs> there you go. And, and I think that that is a perfect place to leave this to say that mm-hmm. Pamela Brunson believes in the law of attraction, and she's going to kick butt. Don't chop, don't, no chopping here. I love that. <laughs> oh, I did that with my, uh, I run a Harley um, at the Hard Rock, too, and uh, I was doing that. I was walking by and saying, that's my Harley. Y'all get off my Harley, and uh, and I ended up winning that, too. That was there great. You there you go. Well, you know, I I have a lot of, a lot of belief in that, and, and, uh, a lot of it's a case of of seeing what you want, but you've got to also take action towards it. And, and I also think enjoy it. Make sure you're enjoying it. That's one mm-hmm. thing my dad tells me is just have fun. It's all about having fun. Anything you do in life, make sure you're enjoying it and having fun. That's exactly right. Well, any other thing you'd like to leave with us before we leave today? Um, no. Just hope to see everybody at the <laughs> tables and, uh, um, yeah. 
um, you and, know, just enjoy yourselves. Well, and and have fun and enjoy yourself. I love that. And I'd like to leave with my motto tonight, Pamela, and that is, if you can't raise, don't call. Oh, I'm pump them or dump them. <laughs> That's what I say, pump it or dump it. There you go. This is Donna Blevins, your Poker Mindset Coach with Donna's Poker Chats, and we have been chatting with Pamela Brunson, the pump it or dump it lady. Take care, Pamela. Thanks for being with me. Thank you. Bye-bye.